and I'll be reading the Bible reading. 1 Timothy 4, verse 13. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to preaching and to teaching. Great job. Thank you, Zaria. Good morning, everyone. <laughs> uh, I am Etienne, and I get to take us through the next part yes, of this service. I, oh, the scripture, yes, we need it today. <laughs> Thanks, Zaria. Um, we're going to do something different today, and I, I kind of feel like we've been saying that a lot over the last number of weeks. Uh, here at Pathway, you know, we're going to do something different to the point where I'm almost not really sure anymore <laughs> what is normal, but that's a good thing. I think that's something that uh, I cherish and love about our church is that we are happy to look at what goes on uh, in the Bible, look at what goes on in, uh, in the church and work with that and, 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 and obey and follow and, and, and not be afraid to kind of think outside the box, as it were. And, and what's going to be different about this morning is today and next Sunday, I'd like us to do something that was done very much uh, all throughout the history of God's people gathering together. And that is what was called in the little verse that we read this morning, the public reading of Scripture. The verse just quite simply said this. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to preaching and to teaching. Now we preach and we teach quite often and each time we preach or teach we read the Bible first but very rarely, perhaps I can't actually think of any time in my memory of church have we gathered really to just read the Bible and to pray. Don't get me wrong, we need to teach the Bible, we need to explain the Bible. Even this morning we're going to read stuff that's going to leave us with questions that we would say we, we, we don't understand quite what it means or how we should apply it to our lives. And that's why we need to preach, we need to teach. But on occasion, perhaps this Sunday, next Sunday, we do a very kind of simplified and purified thing. We just read the Bible. And so that's what we're going to do today. We're going to, we're going to do this Sunday and next Sunday, we're going to read through a sermon, ironically, preached by Jesus. <laughs> it's going to be hard to top when you really think about it, the sheer power and depth of what is in this sermon. We're going to read through the Sermon on the Mount. It's called that in, in a place in the Bible called uh, Matthew. It runs for three chapters. We're going to read half of it today and the other half next Sunday. I've asked in the newsletter if you could, uh, in the newsletter, as Ryan would tell us, uh, bring your Bible or if you have your device with you, I encourage you to uh, open up to that chapter, to Matthew chapter 5. Uh, it will be on the screen behind me, but in some ways it's good if it's open in front of us and we sort of engage with it directly. Uh, with, with, with our own hands and in our own lap, so to speak. Uh, the second thing I want to 
just throw out to help you perhaps focus is I did leave some notes in the back with some pens and pencils. It's really just a sheet of paper. If, if you're a person who needs to do something with your hands, um, young people, you're with us today next week. If you, if you need to draw or take notes, feel free to go. Now's your time. Just, just get straight up and go and grab clipboards, pens, papers, uh, colouring and pencils, whatever you need, and just bring them back to your seat um, and then we will kick in in another minute or so. While that happens, I'll say this as well. When we finish this, I will... I might just throw it open. I'll see how we go for time. Um, just some comments. Anything that stood out to anyone that you think was really cool about this, just yell that out. And then I'm going to open a time for open prayer as well, just to pray together. If anyone would like to pray, then do so, and I'll finish for us with prayer. So just so you can park that in the back of your head. Um, expect it. And, um, and that's that. Very simple. Okay. I um, I've got a family heirloom here. This is an old Dutch state Bible. It's over 150 years old. And they're my little <laughs> Bible on, on top of it. And uh, it just makes me think of the great and glorious history of God's people gathering to read the Word of God together whether it was old tracts in the early church, whether it's before that in the temple and other places, a long history of doing what we're going to do right now. Let me pray for us, and then we're going to read. Lord Jesus, what we have in our hands here, we usually fail to appropriately honour and recognise the sheer power of. It's your word. And right now as it's read, I pray that it will be you who will speak it. Thank you for our enormous privilege today that the original people who heard this did not have, they did not have your spirit living inside them taking these words and plugging it in to where it should go. And today as it's read and it's heard, may it find its mark as you, Holy Spirit, intend for it to. We ask, we pray, in your name alone, Lord Jesus. Amen. Okay. Matthew chapter 5. Now when he, this is Jesus, saw the crowds, he went up to a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. 
Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by men. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house in the same way. Let your light shine before people that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Don't think that I've come to abolish the law or the prophets. I've not come to abolish them but to fulfill them. I tell you the truth, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. Anyone who breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever practices and teaches these commands will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees, and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. You've heard it said to the people long ago, do not murder. And anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with his brother will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to his brother, Raka, is answerable to the Sanhedrin, but anyone who says, you fool, will be in danger of the fire of hell. Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to your brother, then come and offer your gift. Settle matters quickly with your adversary who is taking you to court. Do it while you're still with him on the way or he may hand you over to the judge and the judge may hand you over to the officer and you may be thrown into prison. I tell you the truth, you'll not get out until you've paid the last penny. You've heard that it was said, don't commit adultery. But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin... Gouge it out and throw it away. It's better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. If your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off, throw it away. It's better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. It has been said, 
Anyone who divorces his wife must give her a certificate of divorce. But I tell you that anyone who divorces his wife except for marital unfaithfulness causes her to become an adulteress. And anyone who marries the divorced woman commits adultery. Again, you've heard that it was said to the people long ago, don't break your oath, but keep the oaths you've made to the Lord. But I tell you, don't swear at all, either by heaven, for it is God's throne, or by the earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it's the city of the great king. And don't swear by your head, for you cannot make even one hair white or black. Simply let your yes be yes, and your no, no. Anything beyond this comes from the evil one. You've heard it said, eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I tell you, don't resist an evil person. If someone strikes you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. If someone wants to sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. If someone forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles. Give to the one who asks you and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. You've heard that it was said, love your neighbour and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your brothers, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that. Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. We finish chapter 5. I'm just going to read it half of the next chapter and then we're done. Be careful not to do your acts of righteousness before people, to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honoured by men. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, Close the door and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, don't keep on babbling like the pagans, for they think they'll be heard because of their many words. Don't be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. When you fast... Don't look sombre as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show men they are fasting. I tell you the truth, they have received the reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head, wash your face, so that it will not be obvious to men that you are fasting. But only to your Father who is unseen, and your Father who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. Amen. We'll go that far. What a sermon. What a sermon. Can I ask maybe, and this is, I'm quite okay if there's no response to this, but um, any brave ones who are happy to yell out, what, yeah, just what struck you out of this message? Anything, in general or specific, uh, I'm not looking for anything specific here. Let your light shine, but may your giving be done in secret. Let your light shine. Make people see that you're doing good works, but do it in secret. <laughs> yeah, great. So, so it's sort of a weird one. How do we do that? Yeah, yeah. Um, what do you think? How would you resolve that tension, Reggie? Right. Not being known for the yeah. Uh, necessarily. So the difference yep. is still a secret thing. It's not yep. you're not a follower because you are a follower because of fast. Right, yeah. And the rest is between you and God. Yep. Yeah. Thanks. So Reggie's seeing it's it's being a follower, so wanting to know that we're following God and um what people see of us is secondary to that and, and uh yeah, wonderful. Yep. Yeah, John. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Thank you, John. Yeah, so for our Zoom folk, John's pointing on chapter 5, verse 17 and 18. I I might just read them again. Don't think that I've come to abolish the law or the prophets. So when he says the law, he's talking about the Ten Commandments, the rules that God expects of us, yeah? Don't don't think that I've come to to abolish them, to say that they don't matter. I've come to fulfill them, (laughs) Um, to bring in the new covenant, the new way that God wants to relate with us, right? Right? I tell you the truth, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. And what I love about your comment, John, is we, always, we often look at Jesus and we think Jesus came to lower the bar in terms of what God expects of us, how he wants us to live. That's not true. You read this sermon and you go, Jesus upped the bar. 
He upped it so high that it's unattainable. Who can say that they've been faithful, never had a thought of anger towards a, another person, a brother or a sister? Who can say they've never thought a lustful thought? Who can say that they've ever achieved what Jesus is mentioning here? And you know what the point is? I think John's getting onto the right point here, but Jesus is saying, you know what, there is only one person who's ever done it. It's Jesus. He's come to do it. He's come to fulfill it. He's come to live that perfect life. And then he's come to give his life as a sacrifice for anyone who didn't and believes in him who's lived that life in your place, who's paid the price for your failure to do so. And from that point on, he says, I'm going to fill you with my spirit and I'm going to start changing you. I'm going to start shaping you. I'm going to start making you into a person who, who wants to follow God, who wants to grow in prayer and intimacy with God in prayer, who wants to grow in generosity, who wants to grow in forgiveness and loving the people who you don't like and who did you harm and who who you hate even, who wants to grow in being a person of integrity, saying yes is yes and no is no. No two-facedness about me. Who wants to grow in your marriage, who wants to grow in your sense of uh, speaking life and not anger, who wants to grow you to be blessed under a new covenant, a new covenant that involves God filling you with his spirit, coming to change you, coming to fill you. It's such a powerful thing about this sermon, John, yeah, and, and just... Such a, it's there, isn't it? It's a bit buried, and that's why we need to teach and <laughs> preach to sort of pull it out, but it's there, yeah. Maybe one more, yeah, Alf. So, to be humble and to be grateful for what you have, and to be humble not to play your own stuff, but to stand up there and say, and look what I did with this and that, and that, and just to be humbled by what God has given you and what God's doing in your life. Mm. Yeah. And we nearly really need to put it in God's hands to pray about those things because it's yeah. a thing that happens in everyone's life. Yeah, so so I'll just repeat a bit for that for the Zoom folk. Yeah, I've, I think you're right. Humility. You've got to be really humble. A lot of what Jesus says here requires great selflessness. There's no spot for you can't do any of this if you cling into a sense of um wanting to be self important or self righteous or anything like that. And and, and again I think God's promise to help us to grow in that because we're not naturally like that at all. Most of what he says here runs dead against the grain of each of our natures and, uh, and it requires that humility. All right, I might ask that we transition just into a few moments of prayer. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw it open for anyone to pray. I do apologise for our Zoom folk. We're not going to mic this up so you might not hear much of what goes on. I'll finish when we're sort of done uh, with, a, with a concluding prayer.
I encourage you to think perhaps as, as, um, as we pray, pray silently on your own. If anything in the message struck you that you believe is an area of your life that God wants to work in and needs to work in, ask him to do so quietly. Um, if you feel comfortable to pray out loud, do so. And um, yeah, as we pray, let's praise God. Let's confess what we need to confess. Ask for his help where we need to ask for his help. All right, let's, um, let's pray. Yes, Father, we do pray for wisdom where it's needed in 
each person's life where some of these words need to be applied and it could be confusing, could be unclear exactly what they should mean. Would you grant that wisdom? But thank you above all, as has been said, for your willingness to do so. And so may I pray this incredible prayer you've given us. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. May your kingdom come. May your will be done. In my life, in our life, in our city, on the whole earth, as it is in heaven. Will you give us today our daily bread? All of us need something from you today. Lord, will you grant it? Will you give it? Whatever nature it takes or it requires, spiritual, physical, emotional. Lord, will you forgive us? And thank you that you have forgiven us. <laughs> thank you for Jesus. And thank you for him who came to fulfill the law, who brought in this wonderful grace that we can know you despite how vastly we fall short. And yet, as we continue to struggle, even though you grow us, will you forgive us? Will you forgive us? As we also forgive those who forgive our debtors. Make us people of grace. People who are ready to forgive. People who are ready to give. And Lord, will you lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. We pray, we ask, in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. All right, music team, thank you. You're up, and then uh, back to you, Ryan.